0: Listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Now let's take you around the league, expand the conversation. Pleased to be joined by Nate Davis of USA Today. Nate, thanks for taking the time. Got to start with Le'Veon Bell. As you know, for the first time last season, he didn't deal with a suspension or major injury. So because he played well again and was available, why do you think the Steelers are reluctant again to give him the multi year deal?
2: Well, Brian, I think it's just a matter of, of probably what Le'Veon thinks he's worth relative to kind of what, what most running backs get, which is, you know, the, the, the top guys outside of him tend to kind of be in that $8 million range. And he's kind of telegraphed what he thinks he's worth. And, you know, I, I know that, that franchise tag some guys interpret that as a slap in the face, but if that's what Le'Veon ends up playing on. He's talking about taking home $27 million over two-year span. So, I mean, I think it's the worst alternative in the world.
0: When you think about Le'Veon, he's what, maybe 40% of that offense, maybe a little bit more when it comes down to him. When you when you think of the Steelers and how they actually go about their business, of course, when a guy turns 30 years old, they, they're ready to turn their backs. But Le'Veon Bell is just 26 years of age. Shouldn't they do a long-term deal of four years and maybe guaranteeing and maybe two of those years so they can get the most out of him until he's at least 28?
2: I mean, Cordell. I think they're better served to get the long-term deal done, if, if for no other reason that it's better for for their salary cap. It's better for Le'Veon. He's happy, and, and like you said, he's obviously a huge component uh, of that offense. But you know, I, th- I think we we we've seen too. Like you said, I mean, he has had years where he. I mean, two suspensions. Um, you know, has shown some proneness to injury at, at key times in the year. So, I, I think I think it, it, it's, it's a dance that both sides have to do. But I think at the end of the day, you know, if, I, if I'm the Steelers, I would try to give him. Three years and, and maybe forty million somewhere in that range to to, to make him happy and, and stretch out my cap. And like you said, you kind of get him till he's a uh, twenty-nine. A lot of touches the last couple of years though, so uh, you know we'll see what Kevin Colbert decides to do. And uh, they've also got some cap issues that they're going to have to figure out. So a lot a lot still to happen here, I think.
1: Although Antonio Brown showing the world how the restructuring worked today on Instagram, giving Pittsburgh a little bit more flexibility. Chatting with Nate Davis of USA Today. Nate, we know somebody's going to give Kirk Cousins a ton of money, be it the Vikings, the Jets, maybe the Cardinals. What exactly are they getting when Kirk Cousins joins that new team? How good do you think he is?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's in that probably. Uh, I, I would say probably kind of the third tier of NFL quarterbacks, which doesn't sound very good. But I mean, I think when you're talking about elite guys, you're talking about two or three guys, not not eight. Uh, and then you've kind of got that next tier of guys, like I think Big Ben, Philip Rivers, those guys. And I have to put Kirk after that. I mean, he's he's a very good player. Uh, he's he's good in the locker room. You know, he's gonna he's gonna eat, drink, and and lift football, all that stuff you want from your. Quarterback, but you know he hasn't really shown that he can he can raise all boats, if you will. I mean he's basically been a been a 500 guy at his time with the Redskins, has not led them to a, to a playoff win. Uh, you know that being said, I'm talking to you guys from from Washington, and he hasn't necessarily gotten all the support he needs. You know the Redskins gutted his receiver core last year, and that was obviously an issue on the field. But um, that being said, I mean the quarterback market is, is what it is. You know Derek Carr 25 million, Matthew Stafford to 27 and a half. Uh, Kirk's going to get that thirty million dollar range because guys, guys of his ability don't 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 come on the market very often.
0: So that must mean, if if if, if I'm saying this correct and I'm hearing this correct, that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are going to get, if that's thirty million bucks for Kirk Cousins, that mean those two guys who are elite quarterbacks in this game are going to get what thirty one, thirty two million here.
2: Well, Cordell, you know, from what we heard at the Combine, I think the Packers uh, and also the Atlanta Falcons uh, are very motivated to get extensions done with, with Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt Ryan very quickly. Uh, you know, Matt deal Matt, Matt is up after next year. Uh, but, yeah, I think those guys could probably go above $30 million. I think if they're smart, they probably let Kirk Cousins reset the market now, um, which Jimmy Garoppolo, didn't mention him, has already done, uh, and, then, and then go above that. Um, you know, As for Drew, I'll, I'll be interested to see what, what, what the Saints do with him. I mean, I, I would think they'd want to get him – Locked down for maybe maybe another three years. I mean, it seems like he's his body's holding up well enough that he can do that. But obviously, at his age, I'm not sure he'll have an easy time um, commanding top dollar. But uh, given their, their cap implications and the dead money that they would take if, if he's not re-signed, uh, I think you'll, you, you will see him get a new deal done here very shortly before free agency starts.
1: Nate Davis, USA Today is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Nate, what do you make of the report that a team from the AFC offered a second-round pick for Nick Foles, Eagles clearly declining, but if that now is setting the floor, what if a team comes back with a first-round pick and a third-round pick? How do you think the Eagles reply to that phone call?
2: Well, from from what I understand, the the Eagles have set the floor at at a first-round pick, and, and like you said, probably a little more to get him Out of there. I I think they got to listen to an offer like that. I mean, Nick Foles is under contract for one more year. Uh, You know, obviously, would it would be nice to have him around uh, regardless of circumstances, given what he just we saw him do last month. Uh, I think more importantly, you know, the Eagles need to be very wary of of how Carson Wentz's uh, rehabilitation is going. I mean, he got people. We got to remember he was hurt in December, so it's 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 a stretch to think he's going to be ready. I think to go in training camp. Uh, and, you know, if he has a setback or whatever, he might not be ready for, for week one. So the uh, Eagles are really going to have to consider their options here. But I think if, if you're getting offered a first and third rounder uh, for a guy that's probably going to be gone in a year anyway, I think you got to take that very seriously. Give me your
0: take on, the, on the, likeness, the likeness that we end up seeing someone like a Lamar Jackson go in the first round. Do you think there's a chance?
2: Yeah, Cordell, I, th- I definitely think there, there there is a chance, particularly. I mean, you, you probably got at least six teams right now. They need a quarterback, um, and obviously Kirk Cousins will change that equation to some degree. But uh, I think I think there's a good chance, you know, even if he doesn't go in, in the top half, or I'm not sure the Cardinals would take him at 15, for instance. But I, I could see a team maybe dropping back to get him at you know 28 to 32, or maybe another team trading up out of the second round to get him. So a that you get him, and b that you've got that that control of him with a fifth year option by by getting him in the first round, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does sneak into that first round. And a uh, good question for you too, Cordell, is how, do you think a guy like like him should take on some receiver duties early on while he learns a quarterback trade and develops if, he, if he's behind a guy like Blake Portals, or would you would you advise him not to do that at all?
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't let him do it at all. And, and here's the thing, and I know I, I get that question asked all the time because they saw my role uh, that I took uh, when I played with the Steelers. And remember, I was drafted as a quarterback. There wasn't a question – or a conversation about me playing wide receiver not one single time. It was me actually saying that I would help because our team was – I think we were like something like maybe one and four or maybe two and four at that time. Neil O'Donnell got injured. He hurt his peaky finger. We ended up losing Rod Woodson in the preseason uh, to Barry Sanders actually giving one of those shake-and-bake moves at Three River Stadium. We ended up losing a couple receivers – and so I was like, I can help out the best we can. My first play was our four wide receivers and Neil O'Donnell was lined up to the left over where Yancey Digpen was. And I had a quarterback draw against the Jacksonville Jaguars for 18 yards and it was third and 15. The next play was from the from the snap, from the gun. We had, you know, a bunch formation to the right. They had me sprint out to try to throw it to the flat or keep it, keep it and actually score a touchdown against the Cleveland Browns in I reverse field and threw a touchdown to Ernie Mills in the back of the end zone. And before you know it, there were two plays that I ran at the quarterback position that end up at some point in time, after I said I can catch the football, I need to help because we didn't have no more receivers, that I can go out and do it. And all of a sudden, everyone's just automatically assuming that every mobile quarterback that comes along should play wide receiver first when I know they were connected to the things that I've done, but that wasn't the way it happened. It happened organically organically through injuries to where I just – Went from playing quarterback position to all of a sudden catching a one, one ball or two. Before you know it, the rest was history. My nickname was Slash, and now Lamar Jackson is told initially he should go out and play, uh, try or at least try out for the quarter, the wide receiver position, something he's never done before. So I wouldn't do it if I was him. I would go ahead and stick the quarterback and let everything, all the chips fall where they may.
2: Well, that sounds like good advice to me, and I, I keep reminding the people that he did play pro style offense at, at Louisville. So you're not talking about a guy that's coming from the spread, because I hear the RG3 comparison too. But I don't think that's necessarily a very good one. But you know, he's got he's to work on the, on the uh, maybe the throw-in base a little bit, and certainly he probably took too many sacks uh, that, that he kind of ran into himself. But uh, I think the guy's going to go probably no earlier than with the second round, and uh, hopefully he gets in the right situation and gets on the field sooner than later because he's a he's really an amazing uh, football player.
1: Nate, last one for me. History says you don't take a running back with the number one overall selection. As you know, coincidentally, it was Kijana Carter coming out of Penn State 1995 going to Cincinnati last time it happened. But given all the question marks about these quarterbacks and the fact that Cleveland's got the number one overall pick and number four overall pick unless they trade down again, could you see Barkley going to Cleveland at number one?
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, Brian, because the, uh, the mock draft I released this morning, and actually the one I did last month too. Uh, I think Barkley should go number one. I think he's uh, easily the best player in, in this draft. Uh, you know, the Browns are about to lose their top rusher to free agency, number one. But I think I think you know, don't don't overthink this. Don't miss on the guy. I mean, he's I think he's ready to be the face of the franchise. Uh, I didn't think his stock could get much higher, but uh, he managed to do that with his combine workout. Uh, he clearly got. He's a very mature kid. He's got the presence. I think he's ready to, to, to be the face of a franchise if he's asked to. Uh, and, you know, think about how, how well Dak Prescott played uh, when the Cowboys took Ezekiel Elliott and paired those two up. So, I mean, I think the Browns are much better off getting Barkley because he's not going to be there when, when they pick again at four. Take him at one, and then you're probably going to get no worse than your second choice of quarterback at number four unless the Colts trade out or something. But uh, I, I, think, I think they are much better served to, to get him uh, and let, let a young quarterback develop next to him.
1: Nate, we appreciate the information. Thanks so much for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn.
2: Thanks, fellas.
0: You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20,
1: 15, 10, 5, touchdown!
0: The National Football League is on.
1: TuneIn.